So, you know, this is such a busy time of year. It's like, you know, of course, everything coming up to Christmas. I hope you had a good Christmas, family and friends and worshiping the Lord and all of that. And then you just turn around and the new year is here. And so tonight I want to get you to thinking and praying about this coming year and uh, having a great year. I, I really believe that, that you can have a great year. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, in uh, 2020, they, uh, they kind of wrote off the whole idea of having a great year. You know what I mean? A lot of people had plans and, and man, all the, those plans went right out the window, didn't they? But I just want you to know that God always has a plan. And, and you're going to hear this in the message tonight, but I'm going to go ahead and say it at the front here too, is that you can't look at the past. Amen. Quit looking back at 2020. Remember how bad that was? Remember we were going to do this? We were going to do that? Our vacation got canceled. I had COVID that week. I was supposed to be on vacation. That's my story. We were going on a vacation. Vacation got canceled. But, you know, I had COVID that week, so all worked out. <laughs> All right. Well, so, you know, most of us have made some New Year's resolutions that we ended up not keeping. But I have found the key to keeping New Year's resolutions. We got to have more attainable resolutions. So this year, I'm going to gain 20 pounds. <laughs> I'm going to stop exercising. I'm going to read less and watch more TV. I'm going to procrastinate more starting tomorrow. I'm going to get in a whole new rut. Yep. Here's some resolutions I think all of us can keep. Make a resolution to not eat cloned meat. I don't know where you can get that. But anyway, to stay off the International Space Station. There you go. To not swim with piranha. To wait around for opportunity. Oh my, to focus on the faults and failures of others and most of all, make a resolution to stop making New Year's resolutions. That's a good one there. All right, seriously, we don't need some silly, frivolous resolution, you know, just some ideas we came up, you know, want to do this, want to do that. But every one of us needs to prayerfully set some goals, have some goals in our life that this year is not just another year. I mean, when this next year is over, you, want, you don't want to look back and go, well, there goes another one. No, we want to have some kind of vision and goal and plan, not just what we dreamed up, but something that's from God, something that God wanted to do in our life. And I, I, this, this evening, you know, as you set goals and, and you, you have goals that you want to reach, well, I'm going to give you seven biblical principles, and I really believe if we follow these seven principles, we can have success reaching our goals. In fact, uh, the principles I'm going to give you tonight, it's, it's an acronym for success, but God wants us to be successful. Now, when I say that, I don't mean success in the eyes of the world. I'm not measuring success by the way the world does, all right? You know, how much money you made and did you beat everybody else? Did you get to the... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Well, let me just go ahead and say this. Real success in life is when you fulfill all that God has for you. 
And when you do that, you are a success in life and you're a success in eternity. And if you don't do that, it doesn't matter what else you did. You're a failure in eternity. So I just want to say that clearly because when I say the word success and when the scripture talks about success, and it does, it's not talking about what a lot of people call success today. So just want to get that out of the way. But I'm thankful that God didn't call us to be failures and losers. No, he calls us to be more than conquerors through him who loved us. He calls us to overcome by faith. And so tonight, as we talk about these seven things, I just want you to keep that in mind, that God does want you to win. Just have to clarify things a lot of times because people get goofy ideas about stuff. And so when I say God wants you to win, that doesn't mean your team wins. That's People, people are so shallow, so earthly-minded, you know, we, we need to realize God's got more important things. And so when I say God wants you to win, I'm talking about win in the, the challenges and the, the battles uh, that, that you're going to encounter as a believer so you can fulfill all God has for you. So first, set goals. A lot of people have given up on setting goals. They've just become disillusioned. It's just easier just to take life as it comes. I want to challenge you tonight to set some goals, to have some goals about what God wants to do in your life. Not just something you dreamed up, but something that you prayerfully have determined to set as a goal in your life. You know, the Apostle Paul had goals. He talks about one of them in Philippians 3.14, and we're going to keep coming back to this verse. But he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, there's several things, several different directions you could go with that and say, well, he's talking about this or he's talking about that. But I, I, I think one of the things, one of his greatest goals in life, he, he talks about just a few verses before, is that even though he has known Christ for decades now, he wants to know him more. And he says this in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You see, he has this desire this is a, a, a real goal in his life. And you may not think, have ever thought of something like that being a goal, but let me just tell you, your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. Why shouldn't it be a goal in your life that that's something you want to make stronger? That's something you want to be more, you know? Set a goal about your devotional time, about your Bible reading or your prayer life. Have some goals. I'm not trying to get you to be you know, legalistic about this. I'm just trying to get you to thinking about more spiritual things than a lot of the stuff that people set goals about. See, why don't, why don't we set goals about things like the Apostle Paul is talking about here? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We know from other passages that, you know, one of Paul's goals was to reach as many people as possible. I mean, he, he makes that so clear again and again and again that this was his heart, was to reach as many people as possible. So what are the big goals in your life? You know, Joshua, 
He knew what his goal in life was. He knew what God's purpose was, that he was the one that would lead God's people into the promised land and drive out their enemies. He knew that. And we need to kind of have an idea about what our goals in life are. Now, sometimes there's a, there's a big picture like, you know, some of you, one of your goals ought to be, I'm going to raise godly children. We just had that series, right? That ought to be a goal in your life. I mean, there's not anything any higher than that of you having the goal that you're going to see your kids all serving God. Maybe you have a goal in your life to see your neighbors come to the Lord. It's it's a personal thing, like the Apostle Paul wanted to reach people, and it just becomes a goal for you. Maybe you ought to set a goal that you're going to get one person in church this year. One? Come on. How about 10, 20? Do you realize what happens if everybody gets one person in church this year? The church doubles. What if we did that every year? And that's if everybody got one. Now, some of you, you got a lot of ability. You need to get 10. But there's a whole bunch of us just need to get one. What if that was the goal? I'm not trying to tell you what your goals should be. I'm just trying to get you to set some goals that are about spiritual things and things that really matter and not just temporal things, earthly things. We need to know what our goals are and what we're trying to accomplish, what we're praying for, what we're believing God for. And those things need to be part of his plan for our lives, things that he has put in our heart, not just things that we came up with with the natural mind, but instead things that we have prayed about. We need to prayerfully write out our goals, the things that we're believing God for. Write them out. Write them out. Just write them out. Make up your mind. December 31st or January 1, I'm going to write out some goals for the year. And, well, here's the thing. You can't reach them if you don't know what they are. And you see, when you write them down, it makes you, it forces you to say, this is my goal. It's easy just to have these ambiguous goals out there, you know. Well, you don't want to do better about this and a little better about that. No, you need to have some goals and you need to write them down. It will help you to clarify and establish them in your heart and mind. Research shows that 95% of us don't write our goals down, but the 5% who do, 95% of them achieve their goals. That's amazing, isn't it? In 1953, a long time ago, there was a Yale University uh, study that 3% of the graduating class had sp- specific written goals for their lives. In 1975, the researchers found that the 3% who wrote down their goals accomplished more than the other 97% together. I don't know how they measured that and how those accomplishments were determined, but here's the point. There's a vast difference between people that write down their goals and people that don't and really accomplish it. 
I think it has to do with them going after it and staying focused on it. But you, you got to set goals. And as part of that, you see, when you write it down, it's like you're setting it. So if you want to set a goal, it's a good idea to write it down. And Habakkuk 2, 2 says, write the vision and make it plain. Part of setting goals is writing them down. So I'm going to give you a little testimony about this. When I was 19, my pastor preached a message about setting goals. I don't remember the title. I don't remember any of the message other than I remember that he told us to write down our goals. And I don't remember most of the goals I wrote down. I think I wrote down eight or ten And I don't remember most of them, but I do remember the big ones. I wrote that I I wanted to be full-time as a junior high youth pastor. And in 1979 and 80, that that was such a rare thing. There were only a handful in the country. There weren't really many mega churches, and, and there just weren't junior high youth pastors, but that was just something I felt like God had put in my heart, and so that was a goal. I also had a goal that I would have a church van to be able to pick kids up, and I had a goal that I would meet the woman that I was going to marry. So that year, none of those things happened. Goose egg. In less than four years, I was a full-time junior high youth pastor. We had two vans and a school bus. We also had a Continental Trailways bus, a you know, really nice bus, a used one, but a nice bus. Beyond my dreams, and Carmen and I married... In less than four years, those things happened. Nothing, none of them happened the first year. But I have often wondered, what if I hadn't have really set those goals and believed God and pursued after those things? And so I just, I'm just giving you a testimony. Um, it's a good idea to write down some goals. You know, four years... <laughs> I've had some goals that took a lot longer than that, like building this building. When we left our old building in Fort Worth and we moved into shopping center in Burleson, one of the hindrances is really hard to find a lease space that would work for a church, but another hindrance was that I wouldn't sign a lease for more than 18 months because we're going to have that building built in 18 months. Well, seven years later, it was finished. We just kept a renewing that lease. But my point to you is, yes, yeah, sometimes things don't happen the way you think they will. Yes, yeah, sometimes there's delays. And, but here's the thing. You still need to have those goals. You still need to set goals and move forward in that direction. One thing is for sure. If you aim at nothing... You almost always hit it. In one of his seminars, Zig Ziglar used to use an illustration about 
how important it is to set clear goals. goals. And he says, he says, I've only shot a bow and arrow a few times, but I can beat the best uh, archery guy. What do you call it? Oh, that guy. And in the nation on one condition, blindfold him and spin him around a few times. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to be in the room when he does shoot. You know what I'm saying? But he's right. You got to have clear vision. You got to know what you're aiming at. So we prayerfully, scripturally establish goals in our life. Now, this is the first of seven, and we're still not done. I know I'm scaring you, but we're going to pick up speed. This is just so important. I mean, how are you going to reach goals if you don't set goals? You don't even have anything to work towards. So this is so important. But I want to say this. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I believe the Lord has a hope, a future. He has good plans for every one of us. And so we need to get God's plan, see? And don't separate your plan from God's plan. No, our goal ought to be that we're going to make our plans whatever his plans are. See, we're, we're not praying my will be done, amen? We're praying your will be, we're praying your will be done, your kingdom come, right? Don't just set worldly goals. Like Paul, let's say I want to know Christ. I want to be closer to him at the end of this year. I want to be in a place with the Lord that I've never known before. You know, see, so many, they just want the blessings, not the blesser. And we all know better than that, but here's where it shows up sometimes is when we set goals. It can't just be about the goal of getting this blessing or that blessing doesn't work that way. I want to tell you, the closer to God that you get, the more fruitful and successful you're going to be. But we need to have goals about our devotional life. We need to have goals about being used of God. We need to have goals about our families, being born again, going to church regular. We need to have goals in the right way about your finances, even about your health. See, I don't think it's a bad thing for you to say, you know what, I, I believe for my health, I need to lose 20 pounds this year, for real. Now, I don't know about you, I've set that goal too many times and failed. But I want to tell you, we can achieve the things that God wants us to achieve. And you know what? It really is the truth. He wants us to be healthy. And sometimes some of us do some things to our bodies that keep us from being healthy. All right, preacher's gone to meddling. I'm helping you. But we want to pursue the will of God. Here's the thing. The plans of man fail, but God's plan will stand. Psalm 33, 10 and 11 the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. See, it's foolish to set our own agenda 
and then get upset when God didn't help us achieve what we wanted. So important that we set our goals prayerfully with our will submitted to him so that God can help us accomplish those things. See, when God helps us, see, it's, it's not just about our own selfish pride. It's about us fulfilling what God wants to do in our life and believe in him and trust in him to do those things. But it's so important that we have the right heart when we set goals, that it's something that we've prayed about and we're asking God to help us to do. I want to give you this from James chapter 4. It's 13 through 16. And this just reminds me a whole lot of, well, the way the world does, but oftentimes even the way believers do. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. And so when we set goals, we're not acting like the world saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, we are humbly asking God to help us to set goals and to accomplish what he wants to do in our lives. Maybe you want to be closer to God. Maybe you want to be used of God more. Maybe you want to see your family change. Maybe you want to be able to give more to the kingdom and the cause of Christ. Maybe you want to be in better health. Maybe you, there are certain career goals that you believe are part of the plan of God for you. Set goals. Number two, use the privilege of prayer. See, I've been talking a lot about prayer already because you can't even set the right goals without prayer. But I also want you to understand this. You see, if God is in it, he is a God of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so if, we're, if, it, if it's really something that's of God, you're going to need God's help. And there's only one way you get God's help. You pray. Man, we need God's wisdom. Without God's wisdom, we don't even know where to begin. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. You see, we use the privilege of prayer. We ask God for wisdom. We ask him for guidance. We ask him for encouragement. We ask him for strength. We ask him for power. We ask for his help. James 4.2 says, we have not because we ask not. And so we ask. See, many times we don't attain our goals because, well, because of weakness or because we're not smart enough for a thousand other personal problems. Here's the thing. When we have God's help in my weakness, his power shows up. The power of Christ rests upon us. You see, when he helps us, how do you get that? Oh, you pray, you seek him. And our ability, when it runs out, his strength is more than enough. You see, through prayer, we can get all the help we need. And we can achieve all that he has for us. You know, and I'm going to say this again. If our goals are worthwhile, they require faith. 
They should demand that we go beyond our comfort zone. It ought to stretch us. It ought to be big enough that we need God's help. And prayer is how we get his help. John 15, 4 and 5, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Here's the first thing I see here is that, you see, if we're abiding in Jesus, if we're really close to the Lord, we can bear much fruit. We're going to be effective. I also see this, he says, without me, you can do nothing. And I always have to say this because people get really silly about things like that. They take one little phrase out of the Bible. Listen, you can do nothing. We can do a whole lot without Jesus. There's a whole lot of people in this world doing a whole lot of stuff without Jesus every stinking day. But you can't do anything that matters for eternity without him. You can't do anything that's really meaningful. You, you can't fulfill the plan, the purpose, the call of God in your life without him. And so we pray. See, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we pray because we're looking to him for strength in everything that we do. There's another one that gets pulled out of context all the time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. I want to see some of you come out here, out back. We've got a basketball goal. I want to see how many of y'all can, slant, can dunk the basketball at 10 foot. There might be one or two. But God's probably not going to float you up in the air to do that, is he? You see, that verse gets pulled out of context. But here's the thing. You see, when you're fulfilling the plan and purpose of God, what God wants you to do, there's not anything you can't do. He'll empower you. He'll give you the strength to do whatever you need to do. Now, that's real. I can do all things. See, whatever the adversity, whatever the challenge, whatever you're going through, he'll give you the strength that you need to overcome. That's real. But we got to pray and ask for his help. Next, continue in the Word. you got to stay in the Word of God. James 1.25 says, The man who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, when we keep the Word of God before us and we believe the promises of God's word, and we obey what the scripture tells us to do, I want to tell you, that's when we are blessed. This man will be blessed in what he does. I told you earlier, Joshua knew what his purpose was. He was given a great task to lead the children of Israel into the promised land and to drive out their enemies. And God gave him the formula for success, it's Joshua 1, 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. You see, I want to tell you, you will not fulfill God's plan. You won't fulfill the goals that he has for you your way. It'll have to be his way. You'll have to do it in obedience to the word of God. The end doesn't justify the means. 
There's a lot of people that, that think that, it, well, you know, as long as I get it done, it's okay. No, it's not. I want to tell you, the journey is part of the process and how that we accomplish what God wants us to do. And it does matter. You won't get there with man's way. No, you got to do things according to the scripture. You got to do it right. So this is what he says. He says, first, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means that we keep our speech lined up with God's word. We don't speak contrary to God's word. Then he says, and meditate therein day and night. See, we've got to get our thinking right. There's a progression here. We've got to get our, our, our thinking right about the word of God. And then, you see, he says, then you will observe to do according to all that's written there. You get your talking right and you get your thinking right, it's not so hard to do right. See, most of the time when people are doing wrong, they got some messed up thinking. But you get your talking right. It's amazing. People, people start praying, you know, God, help me to do this. We believe in God for this to happen in my life and that to happen in my life. And then they turn right around and say a bunch of stuff to totally undermine what they're believing God for. They speak in unbelief and say all kinds of negative things. No, no, no. You got to get your, your speech right in line with God's word. You got to get your thinking right. And then it's not so hard to obey God. And wow, there's something that happens when you observe to do according to all that is written in it. He says, then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Wow. Next, chart your course. So many people have big ideas but they never get out of the gate. They never take the first step to get where they want to go. You got to know what your first step is. It's almost never a nonstop flight to get where God has for you. There's going to be lots of stops along the way. And here's the thing. I mean, if you're going to drive, let's just start this way. You're going on a trip. You're going to go to DFW. You know what? First, you've got to know where your first turn is. You've got to start. And, and whatever it is that you set as a goal, you've got to take a step. Some people have this goal, one of these days I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to be a doctor someday. Not interested in school, but I'm going to be a doctor someday. I hope not. You know what I'm saying? You, you gotta, if, whatever it is you want to accomplish, you've got to have some steps to get there. And here's the thing, a lot of the time, God doesn't show us all the roads. You know, you, it's not like Google, oh, I see my, my roads here, every turn I'm going to make. It's not like that. No, we need to pray, God, what's my first step? What do I do first? And you do that, and then you take another step, and another step, and another step, and all of a sudden you're getting somewhere. But you got to chart your course. Proverbs 14, 15, it says, The prudent considers well his steps. You consider well, you think about your steps. Your steps, just your choices in life, your daily choices in life. See, a lot of people don't really get this, but this is so much a part of achieving your goals is it's not just the big choices. Yeah, big choices are important, but a lot of the time it's the daily choices that we make. 
Boy, that sure is true when it comes to prayer life. It sure is true to, when it comes to losing that 20 pounds. It's the daily choices. What's your first step? A prudent man considers well his steps. And we need to listen to the Lord through, work, through his word and prayer. So we're obeying him even in the little things, in the daily steps. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And what that means to me is that you choose your course. In other words, are you going to serve God or not? Are you going to do things God's way or not? But when you choose to do things God's way, then he will order your steps. Let me just read it. One more time, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So we need to look to the Lord for direction, even in our daily decisions. So often, it's those daily decisions that we don't even realize sometimes that just this one little decision can start us down a path for good or bad. So, maybe you have the goal that you want to have a great marriage. Maybe your first step is going to be that you buy two dozen roses and you apologize. And then your second step might be that you're going to plan a romantic getaway for two, not four, no kids. For two. Hey, I'm just throwing out examples. And then maybe your third step is that you're going to say something nice every morning and every night, and you're going to call at least once a day to say something nice. This is just one little example. But you see, if you've got goals, you need to have some steps. You need to chart your course. You want to make a lot of money to spread the gospel? you got to take some steps to get there. Buying lottery tickets probably is not how God's going to do it. You're going to have to take some steps. But most often, our success or failure really comes down to the daily choices we make, the steps that we take. Do they get us closer to our goals? Paul said, Philippians 3.14, I told you we're going to keep coming back to it, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press toward the goal. See, where are you in your pursuit of your goals? You got to keep pressing toward, taking steps toward. You can't stop. You got to keep going. Number five, expect to win. Believe God. With God, all things are possible. If you don't believe, you already lost. you got to decide that you're believing God, that you're trusting God. See, it's important that you expect to win. you got to have faith. And it's important that you expect to have opposition and adversity and problems and battles. Oh, no, preacher, I ain't receiving that. <laughs> Don't matter. It's coming. Just read the book. 
Every man and woman of God who ever served God had adversity. We got an adversary. And see, a lot of people, this is what happens with their goals and their plans. They get disillusioned. Sometimes you, you got these goals and you're praying about it and everything, and it seems like things just go get worse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so people give up. So you need to expect to win. You also need to expect that you're going to have some battles. But you still expect to win. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so when it looks like it's never going to work, no, that's the time that you still believe God. You're expecting to win. You stand in faith. Our faith is in an almighty God. Mark 11, 22 and 23, Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What faith preacher said this? Jesus. Jesus wants us to have faith in God. Paul said, it is the word of faith which we preach. Too many preachers preach in doubt and unbelief. God doesn't do that anymore. That's what they say. Well, you never know. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Just flip a coin, we don't know. That's not faith. No, we need to stand on the promises of God, on the word of God. If God is in it, and we've prayed about it, we really believe that this is what God has, then we need to stand and believe in faith, and we need to expect to win. Amen. Listen, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it's by faith we appropriate those promises, and we believe that we're going to fulfill what God has for us. Joshua going into that promised land, they didn't go in there going, well, we hope this works out. Who knows? No. It was the promised land. They had a promise. Expect to win. They, they did. The children of Israel, when they went in, they expected to win and they did. We shouldn't get discouraged or disillusioned just because we have some obstacles and circumstances and got something to overcome. You're an overcomer. I tell you, this life of faith, it's exciting. We get to see miracles as we see God step in and prove his word. Next, stay focused. Stay focused on your goals. Sometimes people have goals and a year later, they're like, oh yeah. No, it needs to be right there that you're believing God and you're expecting. Not, I forgot about that. Stay focused. Don't look at your past. Remember what happened in 2020. Remember what happened in 2022. Remember what happened It just didn't work out. Listen, if you allow that in your heart and mind, you're never going anywhere. You need to make up your mind that you're going to stay focused, reach forward. Listen, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Paul says, 
I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So whatever is past, celebrate the victories. Learn from the hardships and the mistakes. Let God heal the hurts. And forget about it. One thing I do, forgetting about what is behind, reaching forward to what is before, see, stay focused. Last, stay humble. How, how quickly sometimes when we have just a little bit of success, we forget that it was God that got us there. It is one of the greatest tests in life, the test of success. I got to tell you, it is, I think, doubly true for preachers. But it's really true for all of us. You got to stay humble as you pursue your goals and you see God begin to bless and to move and work in your life. Stay humble. There's not one thing worthwhile in our lives that is not a result of His grace working in us. I knew a pastor one time who became prideful and he would not do anything of a servant's heart at all. And he, he told me one day, he said, I've paid my dues. He felt like that he had earned where he was and that he didn't have to do those kinds of things anymore. And it was just a few months later that he was so humbled. And, uh, you know, I could tell you that in one way or another, I've seen that a thousand different times. I've seen it in my own life at times. And we, we just have to stay humble that when God gives us a measure of success or we have a victory in some area, that we give God all the glory and we stay humble. 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. See, he's given the glory to God. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. He said, I worked harder than everybody else. Oh, it sounds like pride, but listen. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. You see, here's this man who had this drive, this perseverance, this work ethic. But he gave all the glory to God for it. He said, it's the grace of God working in me. And you see, we just have to keep that humble attitude. It's the quickest way to undermine your goals is to allow yourself to become prideful. We have to have God's help. And the only way that we get God's help is when we're humble. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We start doing well, pride gets in. I'm going to tell you, this is absolutely true. In God's mercy, He will let you fail. He will see to it that you fail before 
he will allow you to become puffed up in pride and destroyed. Can you handle success? You got to stay humble. Proverbs 16, 18, and 19, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with a lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. See, we've got to always be careful to give all the glory to God and never touch it ourselves. Don't ever start thinking, look what I did, look, look at me, but instead, look what he did, look at God. See, it's his plan, his purpose, it's his power. He's the one that performs it, and he gets all the praise. That's the way this works. That's success. I just want to encourage you, set some goals Use the privilege of prayer. Continue in the word. Do it his way. Do it according to the scripture. Chart your course. You got to know what your next step is. You can't just have the big picture. You got to have plans. Let the Lord order your steps all along the way. You let him show you what you need to do next. Believe God. You expect to win. Expect to win. Don't allow the enemy to undermine your faith and get you thinking negatively that it won't ever happen. And you got to stay focused and stay humble. Stand with me. We're going to pray.